0: For another episode of First Strike, and of course, before we start every show, gotta plug our sponsor, face Be facegamescom the number one place to get your Magic of the Gathering singles. This week, the weekly special is on select legacy singles, up to 50% off, so you could save a lot of money if uh, you're looking to buy a legacy deck. Just go to face right now. And tonight, full cast, we've got the full team. we got Andy, we got Derek, we got Elliot. We've got John in the house, and we're going to be celebrating Elliot's birth into the first mythic championship. Uh, but before that, i got to plug the Patreon for the show to thank all our patrons for supporting the show. And you can be a patron by going to patreon.com slash first strike. As I've said a few episodes ago, we are upping, upping our game uh, with the lull in between with, with Rob having a second kid, with Brian moving on to, to the game podcast with Vince D'Agostino starting his own Games Café, Waypoint Games and Café. Uh, and then with Doug, yeah, he moved on to, to acting at that point, took a break. And uh, now we have this core group. And before we would post different decks or experiments that we were working with, uh, I remember when we were one of the first to put Mardu out there, Godlieb had this, uh, Brian Godlieb put out this awesome Mardu sideboard guide, decklist, Uh you know, I think Rob took it to great success in many tournaments, and and then again, there was this law where we we're trying to figure out uh, new co-hosts and stuff. And now that we finally have a core group, uh, the stuff that we've been putting out is is higher production value than ever before. We're putting out these battle plans um, of decks that these guys are actually actively playing at tournaments, uh, tools and notes that they're actually using and bringing to these tournaments. So whether it be Dredge, Grishoal Blue Eye Control. Uh, Blue Moon from Alex Bianchi. We've got Drake's, uh, courtesy of Andy. We've got Green Black, O'Gary, courtesy of Derek. So everything that we're actually playing, not only with cyborg guides, but with notes on uh, different matchups. And uh, now we're starting to do a one-sheet uh, printout, printable version at the end of each guide, so people can just print that and go to their tournament, uh, which uh, a patron or, or a fan of our suggested. So we were putting that out as well. So Definitely more than, than we've ever done before. Just to thank everyone for supporting the show. So now, with that said, congratulations, Elliot, on qualifying for the first, the very first Mythic Championship. The very first Mythic Championship. Thank in you. Cleveland. In Cleveland. I, I know you, you in, in the different chats, called it Mythic Fest sometimes. <laughs> like we're, we're I had no idea. We're merging all the terms,
1: but congrats.
2: Thank you. I got a lot of supportful messages afterwards, and it really meant a lot. I got a lot of people saying, long time coming. I got a few messages from Andy saying, short time coming. Uh, It's super hyped. Uh, You know, I played KCI, which we were saying on the podcast was the deck to be playing. And it feels really good to kind of be validated in that. And also, I'm really excited to play the first Mythic Championship. Number one.
0: Number one. So excited to get a representative of First Strike on the very first Mythic Championship Said with the podcast Run Good. Elliot, was this uh, the first... How much experience? It just felt like you didn't have that much experience with the KCI and and was going to rely on you consuming the manifesto before the tournament. Uh,
2: The last time I played KCI before this RPTQ was at Canadian Nationals, so something like five Five months ago, I think now um, I was, I didn't have the deck and paper. I was borrowing it. So I I thought about like proxying it up with some Sharpie and just like getting reps in that way. But I was, I really didn't want to be discouraged from playing it. And I didn't want to, like, I didn't want to play it on moto and just hate myself for playing it there. So uh, I was kind of just trying to lean on that little bit, little bit of past experience I had. And as well as like the great resources that are out there, like you mentioned the KCI manifesto, which I learned that after reading it some more, the guy doesn't like the fact that it's called a manifesto. He kind of begged at the end. Don't call it a manifesto. I've been calling it out for a first show for a few weeks now. So I hope I, I didn't do any harm, but uh, it's a great resource. Canister's article is a great resource. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, don't do as I say, not as I do like, but, you know, if, even if you don't have the time commitment to be grinding, you know, 10, 20, 100 games of Magic or matches of Magic with a deck, you know, you can do well. Like, the resources are out there. We have the sideboard guides in the nation. We have all this other stuff, you know, like, Magic content's at, like, at its peak right now.
1: Right. I think... Why does he even want to call it Manifesto?
0: I think it's a great, great branding thing. It's like the Manifesto. And he would say the, the guy. It's the one.
2: He said he doesn't want to be considered a crazy person.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Matt, I think, I think as we talked about in the chat, maybe you guys wouldn't have bought the Manifesto beforehand, but anything he produces from here on forward could, could easily be sold with his reputation um, on, now on display and then people know. Uh, what he's able to, to help, like he's able to help you get there. Um, how was the tournament? Like you, I think you mentioned in our private chat that you didn't face any, any tough matchups.
2: Yeah, well, I played against Grixis Shadow, which is definitely KCI's hardest matchup. But I got extremely lucky to not play against any hate cards. Like the worst I had to deal with was getting uh, having a Nature's Claim and a Tormod's Crypt in the same turn. That was the, that was it. I didn't play against Stony Silence, didn't play against Rest in Peace, didn't play against Layla in the Void. I was just, like, blessed all day to be running so hot. Like, I played against Boggle's round one, and I'm like, bumbling through the combo and my opponent's like, you know what, you got it, man. And he flips the top card of his deck, and it's Teague, And I just have zero ways in my deck to kill a Gaddictig, because I, I missed sideboarded, <laughs> And, like, I just, it just never came up where my opponent had these, one of those incredible hate cards against KCI that's like, the reason not to play the deck so it was the stars aligned it was my day i i don't think i played great but i played the right deck and i got lucky and sometimes that's what it takes in magic
1: andy were you surprised at uh your your good friend's performance
3: no like he's been doing very well in a lot of tournaments lately and i don't think it's a like an accident like when you talk with a like Magic players that are of strong quality over and over again all day. And sometimes, yeah, it's like us like crapping on him or him crapping on us at big arguments, but like we're constantly talking about how to improve. So I'm not surprised that Elliot is the latest of our uh our brood to to play in a mythic championship slash pro tour. I'm not surprised. The deck's a very good deck and I think Elliot has a is very smart and he can understand those kind of decks pretty well. Hmm, no, no regrets on deck choice, of course. Well, how do you regret a deck when you turn? <laughs> Have like, you... I also went five two with like no, a little to no real practice?
0: So it does sound like, like usually, it's it's a tip, type of deck when you hear about it that you're scared of because people are like, oh, how complicated it is to play and how how much of a hassle it is to play on MTGO. But but it looks like maybe it's a tad overrated, and if you put the time with these resources. Read up a bunch, maybe goldfish a bit, and uh, give yourself an edge in, in the, any upcoming modern tournament.
1: Yeah, I
3: genuinely think like with like a set of like a few tips and knowing the one loop, you ba- you could basically play any tournament.
2: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think that it's a little a little overstated how hard KCI is to play. Like, I, I definitely don't want to be taking away from any of like the masters of the deck, like uh canister and mad that kind of thing, uh, but. For example, the, the manifesto, as I'll continue to call it, he can't stop me, is uh, includes like eight different infinite combos. It's just like all these variations, different setup, all sorts of stuff. And but when it comes down to it, if you have Scrap Trawler and KCI in play, it's basically Splinter Twin. Like sure that's not an infinite combo in itself, and maybe you need the two other pieces, like a, a spell bomb and a, a trawler to to actually be doing it. You're just gonna get to see so many cards, even if you don't know the six edge case combos, that you're gonna get to the main combo: scrap trailer, KCI, mirror retriever, and an egg. Like you're just gonna get there guaranteed. And you know, spine of saw is a great like training wheel. It's an extra combo piece. It helps with utility and size. Like, you know, I I just said it in the chat: Psy is time walk, and black lotus in a card which is just insane, obviously hyperbole, but it's huge for combo turns, huge for getting you to the combo turns. Like, if you, if you just jam games, even if you don't remember all the combos, even if you don't sequence everything perfectly, the deck's super powerful. You're going to win Matches of Magic with it.
3: Yeah, it just reminds me of like when I was playing against Bianchi, and he's like, this is a loop here, isn't it? And I'm like, I
4: don't know, and it doesn't
3: matter.
0: <laughs> Derek, you wanted to jump in?
4: Yeah, I wanted to say uh, I recently bought KCI on Moto and I don't even think it's that difficult to play on Moto. Uh, it's definitely more difficult than most other decks, but I would like say it's as difficult as playing like four color Sahili. It's just like a bunch of clicking and no know- knowing what you're doing. And like I certainly am not as good at the deck as LA and Andy are. And I think I three two'd and four- I even four one the league just by like like the-, the deck just sometimes just you can't lose. There's nothing you can do. Uh, I think I played against Black, White, Eldrazi, where they they played, what was it? They played Stony Silence, Rest in Peace, Stony Silence, and I beat all three, and then beat them in the match. And I was just, like, blown away at the power level of the deck. Uh, and I'm playing awfully. Like,
1: it's it blows me away. It, the deck's really powerful. Um, why are you playing Modern?
4: Uh, So the cards in Modern are extremely cheap right now due to the the market crash, if you will. And because of the myth, not the mythic championship, the the weekend (laughs) challenges that qualify you for the mythic super mox championship, whatever new name they'll give that. So I'm trying to learn the format and uh, really broaden my horizons. Um, I played spirits today and that was a really fun deck. I went 3 2 with that one also, and I got to play creatures this time. Combat math is my specialty. So uh, I don't have to play these artifact combo decks. So, yeah, mo- modern's fun when your opponent just all- always has it all. Uh,
1: but, yeah. Next, next is Legacy. So, in a couple weeks, you'll see me playing Legacy. <laughs> I, got,
0: I got to play Bad Spirits uh, from the LCQ. I had. Listened to the LCQ the day before Elliot's uh, RPTQ uh, this past weekend. And I listened to Pro Points where PV talked about how much he, he still loved. He played Bad Spirits in his last Major Modern Tournament. He still loved it. He felt like it was one of those decks that for people that didn't have that much experience with Modern, I hadn't played Serious Magic in forever. So I decided to listen to his advice uh, and then found... Uh, a sideboard guide online on Harry Ruya by Sebastian Pozo decided to take most of it. Although I took some input from John and other people online on how to tweak it, like against dredge and stuff. And it felt pretty good. Uh, Ended up making top eight, but lost in the mirror in the quarterfinals.
1: Um, I do feel, I I don't know why I have to mention this. Like i I feel my wins came uh, when
0: I guess against players, like local competitive players in the, and the LCQ that weren't either that experienced themselves either, and, and that's where I had my huge edge. Like, against uh, in one round against Blue-White Control, someone played, uh, my opponent played turn two, Stony Silence against me, and I was very happy to see that, um, just because like it, I only play, I think it only plays 3 Aether Vial, so it wasn't really shutting down my deck, and against Control, I'd rather like, I'll take that exchange any day that they, they have
1: Stony Silence in their deck, and maybe he was just um, really affected by my Aether vials in game one
0: because in the same game two, I would play Night of Autumn, and he would just motion to bring his stony silence to the bin. To me, so I'm like, as if it's like the obvious thing to do. It's like he's already doing that. I'm like, what's going on here? I want to make it a 4-3, right? He actually made me doubt for a second that I was doing the wrong play. But sure enough, I made it a 4-3, end up winning with it and also beat someone that, that's playing the, the new, the Drake stack the, the Arclick deck, I think, um, which is super powerful. And one turn, one of the last turns, I, I could have won, didn't top deck the right card, ended up top decking Collected Company with four mana, but was at one life and had a fetch land, so couldn't crack and lost. But the turn before, he gave me an out to draw a lord to win. He played Manamorphose, set two red, played a Gr- Grim Lava and passed. And then later showed me that he actually also had a lightning bolt in hand, and, and people who were watching the game were like, what's going on? Why didn't, why didn't he just use the lightning bolt to kill me? So I felt like on in the lo- locally, I just feel like everyone is at the same level of experience. So I had a legit chance of winning the tournament. Um but with that said, with me having a decent result, but because of these reasons, that doesn't really tell me how good Bad Spirits really was. <laughs>
1: Um, but Derry, did you like the deck?
4: Yeah, uh, I found like it. Maybe it's more my play style. Uh, I don't know if everybody's noticed yet, but I'm kind of like a, a mid rangey sort of uh, get out little advantages, creature math sort of person instead of a really degenerate combo, off the wall sort of weird underground dojo kind of guy. So uh, I think Spirits is a little bit more up my alley. Uh, when Bant, uh, company wasn't standard, that was my favorite deck. I used to play elves when Coco was in modern and, uh, I love pod. So creatures are right up my alley. I love hate bears. I love little things like that. So I definitely had a bit more fun playing this deck. Um, I think a good KCI pilot has a higher ceiling than a good spirits pilot. Like to me, spirits is, can only do so much. It's sort of one-dimensional, I guess, uh, in that sense, whereas like a good KCI player could probably sweep the floor with most decks of the format. I don't think Spirits can do that. Um, But yeah, I think the deck's very fun. I think between KCI and Spirits, those are two of the best decks in the format right now. And then I can't imagine like there's many other decks that are up that high that aren't meta decks. But then again... I don't know that much about modern.
0: I think I love I love my stories. Getting uh, I think that's Marcus man. I wish I interviewed would there. And then Andy <laughs> Montreal is notoriously soft.
4: Um, is it really
3: compared uh, to Toronto? Like so, most people in Canada it's Toronto or Montreal. And like before, Toronto had like a whole bunch of players who like were like silver plus caliber players. And then Montreal has you
4: know yeah. Maybe I should start going to Montreal. Because Toronto is really kinda difficult when you look around like an average RPTQ room. Mont- if Montreal's that soft.
2: <laughs> I did hear at the RPTQ a story about someone who uh, I think was from out west and you know had to pick between Toronto and Montreal. And historically they had gone to Toronto, but the last time they went there, they got paired against Edgar before he was a gold pro. And, and so they were just like H- how can anyone go to Toronto it's, there's no Edgar here <laughs>
4: <laughs> well to be fair there's no longer any Edgar in Toronto but yeah I, man between like eh, sometimes Seau, sometimes Fournier uh, Rich, Rich, you have Hohen. Rich Hohen you have the Michigan grinders like the, the guys we beat to yeah,
3: okay. yeah. top
4: to our team like, Biong is Buffalo, isn't he? Yeah, uh, whatever. But, but like, Buffalo, the, the, the RIW guys, like, sometimes Pogames is there, I remember pronounce his last name. And you have, like, Morgan before he was gold. And, man,
1: Toronto's tough. Yeah, we, we, we had
0: Albertans fly, fly in uh, to play the RPTQ. Uh, my friends, shout-out to Jared Gashadi, shout-out to Andre. Uh, they came out to, to play. I guess they clearly didn't... Uh, do as well as Elliot though um, and and i'll finish with uh so with bad spirits i i mean there there was some inexperience on my end i I definitely did some misplays or didn't play optimal lines because i I hadn't had enough experience with all the image interactions within the deck, but I look forward to to playing some more again i don't really know how powerful it is because just just a lot of matchups and and I, I played against uh a deck that uh, this cast makes fun of a lot in round two in the one old bracket, which is Blue-Green murfolk. So, um, I-, I thought of you guys when I was playing against it. <laughs> and uh, it was... Well, against Bad Spirits, it's-, it's basically a race, so in that matchup, at least, you know, it's not...
4: Uh, go yeah. ahead. Did you, you know make you did? noises? <laughs> <laughs> Please tell me you like glub glub whenever no. you activated vial. No, I did not.
3: KYT just sweating bullets, being like, if I lose to this deck and they find out.
4: Hey, KYT, did you do anything this weekend? No, I just stayed home and read a book. Didn't lose <laughs> the Fish or anything. Oh,
2: um, Maybe a bad time to say, it. I got ran over by Merfolk at the RPG. That was my only loss. I got destroyed! You oh, your first
4: man. KYT. If you lost a Fish, you would have won the event.
1: <sighs> I figured it out. Damn. Okay, now let's, let's go to our man who went all the way to him, GP Portland and
0: give us our listeners an insight of uh, like the, the god of the graveyard has decided to uh, switch gears. <laughs> the ironwall, I love it. From Dredge back to his old baby. And you were actually made fun of on Twitter also for having a miser's sideboard. They're like, "I've been playing this guy's like, I've been playing this deck for 100 games. Your, your sideboard makes no sense to me. So take it away, John.
5: Yeah, you know, after uh, having a lot of success uh, with Dredge uh, in Vegas, obviously, and uh, medium success in the Seattle RPTQ, I just thought I'd uh, bring it back here to the uh, Grisho brand side. Um, I thought that humans was going to be declining um, immensely here, and I think they can beat spirits. And the thesis was that, you know, Arc Light effects are light on permission and not that fast. Uh, hardened scales is also very good and uh, a good matchup and you know like kci is like specifically something that i was trying to like prey on i ended up playing against it three times and went one and two so go figure but i thought the format was speeding up i thought human as a fun police was uh declining rapidly so i thought why not give it a try um also the the guy that uh, was that was lending dredge cards to me uh, took it back so uh local can play dredge and he went uh x2
1: one. so clearly the deck is very blessed. Mm. How, how did your friends do? Uh, Marcus and I ex- explored the guy that was boring
5: dredge uh, when X2 won. We had a local who was on um, the post-mortem lunge uh, vizier, co- vizier combo, up and promptly got dusted off in two games after 10 minutes of uh, the quarterfinal starting. So... Uh, we, had a, we had a bunch of uh, Vancouver locals uh, littering the top 64. So we, I think we had a pretty good rep-
1: representation. Would Mill would Mil fall under your
0: wheelhouse of expertise? Would that be sort of a, a graveyardish thing to do?
5: Yeah, Mill Mil is like the best or worst kept seeker right now among the uh, spiky modern uh, cabal, I guess. I know Jason Chung has been streaming it to pretty good success here. I know West Coast shouted it out. I was talking to Bob Wang earlier, and he's convinced that Mill is a thing. Um, I think the main thing that people, ta- people need to take away from it is, is, obviously, Mission Briefing and Archive Trap is a pretty good combo. Um, being that it's not like Snapcaster, but Mission Briefing can uh, uh, flashback, quote, unquote, um, Archive Trap and pay the free cost. And I also think that uh, people need to get away from I'm looking at Mill as a pseudo-burn deck, but more of a surgical, surgical extraction control deck, where it dismantles the opposing uh, strategy by surgically in the key cards. And honestly, you know, it might not be the worst idea here with humans declining here. And we have a lot of decks in the top here that's dependent on one or two cards like Valka, Tron, Storm, etc. So. I don't know. um, Maybe I'll try a mill in the future. I'm not sure how good it is, but Jason
1: Chen is obviously very good with it, and he has had great success with it. Yeah, you mentioned um, he had gone. No, I'm trying to. But I I read that he finished 20th, right, Right, John?
5: Uh, I heard that he went from 10 1 to 10 4 and missed on the uh, top four. That's what I heard.
0: Losing two, probably winning ends, one pro point, no gold. Great teammates, though. GP Liverpool. This is the deck I played at GP Liverpool. I place I placed a, I played a dismember for cut due to unified. Would run it back. Deck is great, but incredibly hard to play. Cyborg guy and some VODs are in my Twitch channel, so definitely check that out. Have you, have you other... Elliot, I think you mentioned that it looked uh, nice as well.
2: Yeah, I played against Jason Chung on Moto when I was playing some of the other decks preparing for the RPTQ, and and kind of just got browned. I was I was playing Burn at the Time, and he cast the card Crypt Incursion, which is sort of just three mana win the game. Uh, and I think that I think the Mill deck is kind of close. It's historically been like dismissed as a casual deck, uh, and also you know maybe not really explored because Glimpse the Unthinkable used to be like fifty dollars, but I think that. As John mentioned, the interaction between Hedron Archi- or Archive Trap, sorry, and Mission Briefing, I think that's incredibly strong. Having essentially four extra copies of a Mill Thirteen in that deck is, I think, it does actually get it a little closer to being a burn deck, where where you have a reasonable clock to kill them, and as well as Surgical Extraction being such a powerful card in Modern right now, um, you know, a single glimpse the unthinkable followed up by Surgical extraction is probably gonna be good enough to beat, you know, Ironworks. It's gonna buy you a ton of time against Tron. I think the the dredge matchup's laughable. Um, surgical very good against Is it Phoenix? You know, so you have these like basically free win matchups where you're casting surgical extraction after a mill card. And I think that's I think that's just like really good. You you know. um, so I expect to see it maybe pick up a bit more. It definitely suffers from it probably won't get any better ever. You know, it's it's really hard for a card to get printed for Mill. Like, we have Mission Briefing for the first time as a new card since, like, Mind Funeral. So. Uh,
5: if I can just jump in here, I have a funny story while testing Mill here. And uh, I, I do agree with what Elliot said. Um, there was a game where I was testing, and my opponent was going, milling, uh, mulliganing from six to five to four. And I'm just like, oh, lol, this is a free win. So he keeps on four, and he plays a uh pre-board leyland sanctity and then I pause for a good 30 seconds, look at the list, 60, and I literally have zero out to that card. And shamefully I have to scoop a turn zero uh turn zero um leyland sanctity because there was no way for me to get ahead even with like Ms. Murakor. All I needed was like all they needed was like a one mana ball Bog- bogos and a 20 turn clock. So um one of the weaknesses for the deck I think is Leyland, but who's playing that nowadays, right? So I think that's another um, a good point
1: towards uh, Mill being good, as well as just having a lot of Tier 1 and Tier 2 decks that's reliant on a few specific cards. So uh, what, what would you play, John? In
0: a, Let's say you had a, an important modern tournament. Are you going to focus on Mill, running back uh, Grishelbrand, bringing back <laughs> Dredge? Or play KCI and reading the damn manifesto.
5: It's uh, KCI. I think if you, all you care about is winning, I think KCI is the best deck to play against the wide field. Um, I I kind of expect the deck to get a ban within the next twelve months. Uh, not only, only for the power level uh, reason, but also for like the unfun or the logistics reason as well. And those like ten minute uh, combo turns that for like those less experienced KCI pilots. You know, We have the same thing with like Divining Tops for uh, less experienced Miracles players, right? So I might... See, I, I, until it gets banned, though, if you're a Spike, I think that you need to play this deck. Um, I do have one relatively off-the-wall deck that I think is very good right now, and if I was testing for uh, a big event, I would play, and that's four-color Death Shadow. That's Jund with blue. And I think that with the humans' um, uh, metagame meta share falling uh, rapidly here, I think it's very good against the other linear, linear decks. It's uh, surprisingly good against uh, sh- sh- uh, spirits because they actually place a lot more actual removal uh, versus like, GDS, which, only, which, which has like, a lot of serum visions and a lot of like um, spinning the wheels. And it's got a very fast clock with a turn Two Tarmogoyf as well. And it's obviously very good against combo as well. So, I think those are the two spots I would look towards here. KCI, if you care about winning a lot and if you like comboing, and Four Color Death Shadow is something I would recommend um, people think uh, more critically about because I think it's a pretty good spot right now.
0: Um, I assume that's the the recommendation for the rest of you guys. Actually, got to plug spacegames.com, Red Deer Open happening this weekend. So, that's a big tournament. Again, our Alberta. Attendance is usually off the hook. Usually people travel from even Saskatchewan, different places, uh, provinces nearby, cities nearby. Travel all the way to that tournament because they don't get um, high-level competition where they are. They don't get big tournaments, so they go to the Red Deer Open. And if you're anywhere in the area and you're wanting to play competitive Magic, you definitely should go there. If you're down to win, definitely play KCI,
1: according to these guys. So, now that... Modern is, uh, like, the last chance to make it to the Mythic Championship is over.
0: Elliot gets to you know, be the one of the last ones to be in. And, I mean, I'm just so excited. I just can't wait to be able to cheer for this guy at the tournament. It's, I mean, I, I'm just excited to see. He's at the first Mythic Championship. I, I don't even know the details. I don't even know what that means. But it's the first one. It excites me. Um, now we're turning the corner a Standard. There's some local PPTQs coming up. Of course, our resident expert, Derek, trophy leader. So, Golgari?
1: Golgari, yes.
4: I mean, w- would you guys be surprised if I said yes? I'm playing Guy now. That would be uh, a, Yeah, would be... could you imagine? No, I think I think Green Black's proven itself to be the most consistent deck that's not metad. Um I don't see a good reason to not play it. And I think, I think if you're playing green black, you, you better be the best mono white player or guy player in the entire world. Because, like, come on, every, every person that's a, like a good standard player is playing green black. Uh, they might have a different list than I am, but like the archetype's very similar. You can't go much wrong. Um, like, just take a look at Brad's deck from standard this weekend green black. Like, there's a, a good, good amount of green black in the, the top. Top decks of the format, um, top players of the format, I mean, I, I don't really know how you can how you can go wrong with it. Um, I think other than maybe a couple of pre-TQs left this season this the the time between like November and January is pretty poor because it's really drawn out for uh, for magic events, so I think like standard isn't going to change much. We're not going to get very many exciting things i'm I'm really looking forward to the next set to come out and the new information on, um, mythic fest or whatever we're calling them. (laughs) Uh, We keep merging magic, uh, whatever, whatever thing, like maybe I'll take up best of one standard for arena to really learn some new things. But to me, I think standards pretty solved. Uh, there's not a whole lot going on. Uh, Yeah.
0: I'm taking a, a quick look on MTG Goldfish, some standard results. Kogamo, which is Kenji Samora, 5 0 with Is It Drakes recently. Apparently, it won or was first in, in the standard portion or won uh, Is It Drakes Andrew Jessup first. There's a Jessica Nexus deck from Gerard Fabiano. Um, what are the alternatives that people can play, Andy, as the, as the other standard grinder here?
3: um just like uh there's a few different variations of is it that are very good and i think basically like what makes is it and jess guy good is like it all kind of revolves around like niv mizzet and like crackling drake both being like very good cards and if you protect it with dive down they kill extremely fast so like that's kind of what the premise of those decks are so currently i'm still i'd still play an arc light version but I am, have been testing a lot with the versions without Arclay Phoenix and I don't know how to describe it other than I I don't like them as much but I'm winning a lot. <clears throat> like they're I they feel like they don't apply pressure. I'm like how am I ever going to beat a control deck? How am I ever going to beat uh G- Gogari with this deck? And then you just sort of eventually kind of do sometimes even though like sometimes like Vivian Reed is just so unbeatable sometimes with this version. It's like very frightening, but I just it keeps winning, and it, I've done pretty well with it, testing on Magic Arena. For the first time, I've been doing a lot of testing on Arena, and honestly, it's it's pretty good. I like it. Arena is the future. We esports now. Lowercase e, sports.
1: <laughs> See the keep cap capstick
0: uh, image going around, making its rounds. Uh, John, have you kept your eye on Standard at all? I know you have always looking. Yeah, John, looking for... For any underrated brews in the underground dojo,
5: I really like the big red deck that Ben White is playing. I mean, I, I've documented my uh, evolution here. You know, from the time I went 6 0 into 0 3 for my uh, first PTQ, um, I went from small red to bigger red. And, you know, now I'm, I'm seeing lists where, you know, you're not even playing Frenzy, you're playing Star's Extinction. It's kind of wild with like a million C chain commanders. I don't know. Um, that deck looks powerful, but. Honestly, you know what? If I am if I have like a PTQ or PT tomorrow or something, I'll just copy whatever Derek's playing and uh, play Golgari, to
1: be honest. It looks super powerful. It's, it's been um, played by most a lot of the stronger players, and you know what? Sometimes the high minus is correct. Makes sense to me. What about you, Elliot?
2: I haven't paid too much attention to Standard other than watching Derek stream every once in a while, so maybe I'm just brainwashed into thinking Golgari's good. Um, I think there's... You know, is probably the deck you want to be playing to give yourself the best shot in a tournament, but if you've been spending the past five years trying to play Steam Vents in every format, then, you know, I think is probably okay. It's still not a good deck, but it's okay in the format. Is It Drake's probably a pretty good option. I think that there's no really reason to be playing any of the Boros decks. I think they're kind of weak right now. Um... Yeah, that's kinda of where it is. I think big red's kind of interesting. I did play a couple of these with that a while ago, and I think it was just lacking instance was my my kind of big issue with it. But it, it like chaining together Siege game commanders is super powerful. And just the card experimental frenzy is that's such a powerful effect that we ha- we haven't it's just future sight and they gave it to Red, so who knows? That could be a deck as well.
1: Okay. That does it for, for standard um, the Magic
0: World Cup, or World Magic Cup, I keep screwing that up also. World Magic Cup is happening this weekend. And as I talked about last week, most people don't care. But one of my best friends is competing in, uh, as part of Team Canada. And I'll be, I'll be watching. I'll be tuning in to make sure uh, to check him out, check his record. Uh, in the article, it goes Canada. They, they, he's, I think he's separating it in tiers. Rich Hagan, who uh, always previews uh, different countries every year, uh, always writes a nice preview article uh, Here it goes in, in this group, Canada and Denmark look the most promising Of this group, Adam Ragsdale Has a pair of GP top eights That represents solid support to PT champion Alexander Hayne The concern must be that despite a ton of talent Canada has Frequently failed to deliver At this tournament
1: Why is that Andy? <laughs> we soft We soft I don't know We're uh, like
3: Maybe it's luck. (laughs) I don't know what to say. It can't can't be just that because every year we fought, like, pull out one of some of the best teams out there and just keeps happening that we do very badly in the World Magic Cup. So I don't know what it is. I mean, even. I genuinely don't know. I liked your team. You
0: were on it. John was on it. I mean, I've liked. Devin Giles was on it. Devin Giles, a uh, vizier master, right?
3: Yeah, local cutie.
0: And then we had some some sick uh, a sick Hale Thompson team uh, with Lucas Siao. I mean, like we've had teams where there's like at least two big names, at least to us Canadians, and we've always consistently failed to deliver since this thing ever was created. So hopefully, this time we're going to see Adam Ragsdale and uh, Alex Hayne. And it escapes me. Who, who's the third one? Cause- Randall.
4: It's Randall. Or, right. It's, it's my boy Randall. He's from my hometown. Uh, he, uh, when I, so where I'm from, uh, we did have a store, like a local store at all. We would drive to Hamilton, and that's how I met Rob. We got a local store, and we started having drafts. And, like, one of the first draft nights, uh, Randall showed up and Alex showed up, and they've only been playing Magic for, like, I want to say like three, four years at most. And like Rand- Randall is on the WMC team. It's his first time going to a professional level event. And Alex recently top rated Montreal and won a Moto PTQ about two weeks before that. So like magic from my hometown is like really blowing up. And it's kind of funny. Cause like everybody knows Randall as like this, like little kid. He's I think he's, he's 19, it's 18 or 19. He's fairly young. And he like gets to go to where is it Spain, Europe somewhere is really sweet. So does that mean someone
3: dropped out? Because didn't he finish fourth?
4: Yeah, um, who was it? I think his name. I can't remember his name. The guy who came okay. first, Micah. Yeah, he he uh, he wasn't originally planning on going. Like I guess day one he was XO and said I don't know if I'm coming back for day two. Come came back for day two. Uh, beat everybody somehow and just came first and then I guess a little bit before the deadline decided um, he wasn't going anymore and Randall was fourth. Randall beat Edgar for the backup slot and gets to go to the WMC now.
0: Well, I hope he represents us well because I know some people are like, oh man. Would have been sweet if Edgar was on the team, but I know Randall has, has checked in uh, our show a, a few times, has, has tweeted at me a few times. So I expect, I hope nothing uh, but the best for him and, and the team, and, and hope he crushes it. And especially if it's someone you know. And I've also heard, I've also seen Adam Ragsdale at the tournament that uh, I believe it's the one that Kale ended up winning, where Ragsdale started yeah. like x and O was was red hot after day one, I believe, and just fizzled out and and couldn't make the team. So so it's cool to see him being on a team with with Alex as well. And uh, yeah, three people to cheer on now that you uh, know all their names. Um, We'll wrap up with this topic, which is Twitch chat and the World Magic Cup article on Daily MTG. We're going to get all your thoughts here. For this year's World Magic Cup happening... December 14 and 16 in Barcelona, Spain, and streaming on twitch.tv magic. We'll be testing Twitch chat in subscriber-only mode just for the duration of the event. We're doing this to see how sub-only mode impacts the stream and whether it can further our goals of creating a better quality conversation around what is happening on stream, stream and being a positive place for the community. We strive to continuously improve the quality of chat during our events. This is a further exploration of the best possible ways to better the experience. Which is dedicated to bringing people together with our games and creating safe, inclusive environments for players of all types, whether in physical spaces or online. So, Andy, is this something that you felt they should have done a long time ago, or is this something you're not really sure if it's a positive or a negative?
3: Uh, I would, I, I'm going to say it's a positive to try it, 100%. Like, the previous, uh, whatever you want to call it, strategy was not working. It was incredibly toxic and incredibly a terrible experience for anyone who wasn't like the quote-unquote like normal looking magic player and anyone else would just get like destroyed in twitch chat and it was just a terrible terrible place and a bad representation for the game and changing it to subscriber only mode means like you have to pay five dollars at least to get banned from this from this chat so hopefully like that and maybe some like they'll probably get a lot more twitch subscribers honestly i've seen it work before in like a scg i think went into subscriber only mode and just got a million subs so maybe that means they'll pay some moderators to also do some good work and then maybe we'll actually have a, a usable twitch chat
0: Hmm. and you should you should conjure up some controversy ask ask watsi where this money is going <laughs>
3: <laughs> what if but they could just be like we're going to keep it <laughs> that's totally reasonable <laughs> We're going to make some profits.
0: Derek, have you, have you gone subscriber only or, or will you ever? consider that for your personal stream. And what, what do you think about this move on Watsy's part?
4: I actually had a, a big conversation with this on my Twitch stream today um, about the state of Twitch subscriber only mode chat. And uh, I think for a streamer of my size, I get anywhere from like 75 to 150 viewers consistently right now. There's no reason for me to do that. I think it's absolutely abysmal. I like, I don't even have mods in my channel consistently and I can normally keep track of it for myself, but for wizards to do this, I think it makes a lot of sense, especially how they explained it in their article. It's really well thought out. Um, there was a couple, a couple things brought up in my chat though. Um, for one, I think that Twitch as a whole is a viewer experience and a lot of people chime in to Twitch specifically because there's a chat. So I think recently they started having uh, Thursday night football on Twitch. I think that was a really smart move because people want to talk about the sports game and now they can do it on a, a large hub such as Twitch where they can get their ideas out there. And it's firsthand going on as you see it, right? It's not like on Reddit a couple hours later or whatever, right? It's as it's happening, Not everybody has football fans in their household. They don't always get that conversation. They don't get that experience. Some people are really worried that it might deter viewers from watching if they don't get that chat experience. The issue is with all the negative and derogatory comments that it already drives people away from watching in the first place because it's just an awful experience. So I think although this isn't the best uh, answer, like the best answer would be perfect moderation and everybody being able to talk, and then you just have an auto mod constantly figuring things out, or even regular mods. Um, But I think, like, this is a good alternative for now, and them saying they're going to check it out and look it out in the future and check their stats and see what's going on, I think is really good. And to touch on what Andy said about the sub-only thing, I think it's much less about the money, because it's, like, they, they... it's like drops in the water, right? Like it's margins. They don't care about the money that much. But if they make a Magic the Gathering emote and you start having people spamming this emote in different channels, that's much better for Magic the Gathering as a brand than it is the 250 they get from each person subscribing. Even if it's $2,500, even if it's $2,000, whatever, right? Like they want to make sure that people are playing with this emote in other channels, maybe on the Hearthstone channel maybe on a big magic streamer's channel, right? It's all about marketing. And I think that's really good for them also to make it a sub-only chat so you have people subscribing and getting that emote.
1: I'm just thinking about, wow, can't wait until you have time to stream Final nub. I just feel like just put your face
0: on Crystal Brand, Brand's body and that's an emote. <laughs> uh, easy branding for you or, or just some like underground dojo related emotes would we'll go to you as well uh elio what do you think about this news
1: positive
2: uh definitely agree with a lot of the points the other guys are saying i do think it's a net positive for sure uh i i think that it's a, it kind of important to note that the most recent pro Tour stream had something like forty thousand viewers on average and when you have a chat you know granted not everyone's chatting but like 40,000 people typing all at the same time, you're not going to be able to have like a real conversation. You're going to, it's just like throwing words out into the void. So the fact that you're depriving people of this chat experience, I'm not so, I'm not so sure that I buy that. I I think that, you know, if people, if anything, having a sub only mode where someone wants to pay their $5 or, or use their Twitch prime uh, to get in the mix then you know, if anything, that's going to create a more positive chat experience for the people that are looking for it. Uh, I also think that you know, perfect moderation, or or, or perhaps, and, and you know, stay with me here, people not being shitty to each other is is ideal. But this is kind of maybe the best that we can do. Uh, I also think that uh, the point that Derek made about the branding is kind of kind of big also you know maybe maybe instead of people spamming hearthstone 2.0 in the magic streams we stream we uh spam magic 2.0 in the hearthstone streams so (laughs) maybe that's the the future of of twitch
3: (laughs) i didn't even consider like the the emote thing like i agree with derek like the money is is irrelevant it's not the point at all it sucks that it's like Uh, a tool to make it so chat could be usable. But uh, yeah, the emote thing is like actually kind of a great idea, like getting some good magic emotes. I don't know what that looks like, but I think uh, that alone makes it, could make it well worth it as well. Even if this doesn't work out for,
1: for a lot of reasons. (laughs) Well, I can't wait. I, I can't wait to see how many people, okay, let's do this over and under. How many people are actually going to care and tune in this weekend, Elliot? Let's start with you. We're putting on you on the hot seat. Uh,
0: wait,
2: what's the line? Are you setting yeah. the line? Yeah, well, no, I'm, I'm not setting, setting the line. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ten thousand. Ten thousand. All right.
1: <laughs> I don't know if there there are any care to give a guess.
3: Is anything else on? Is there anything else magic related on? Is there an SCG? I think SCGs are done.
1: Was it, was oh, it, yeah. okay. Well,
3: under.
4: <laughs> under 10k. I'll, I'll take the over. I'll take, I'll take double the over. Do I get twice the payout?
0: You get twice the number of hugs. From
4: nice. From- <laughs> I love hugs. I think it's going to be like 20k or more. I don't
3: even know what the format is. It's unified standard. Unified standard is one of the most miserable formats I've ever played. I mean, it, watching really good board, magic right? players
4: play good magic, though. It's a just this format's right. really good. This format's really good. There's five unique decks in the format that don't have a lot of over overlay of cards. You are
3: right. Like I genuinely be like, actually, even though you sound extremely sarcastic, you could easily have like, like some white deck, green, black, and is it, and just have three tier or two tier one decks and a tier one and a half deck. Like, which you can't do much better than.
4: Yeah, if you, if you assume that everybody's playing at, wh- at least one green-black deck, you have between, like, two and three other decks in, like, Phoenix, Mono Red, Jeskai, and then, like, a white deck if you want to do that. And that's, like, five total decks. And there's no over, like, overlay of, like, Experimental Frenzy maybe in the red deck and the white-red deck. But, like, there's no overlay of, like, Jeskai. You can just build a little differently. Or like, just don't play Niv Mizzet in the Drake deck, you know. Or like, don't play Drakes if you're playing Jess guy, right? Like, well, I
3: don't know. Did you say don't play Niv Mizzet in the Drake deck. Okay, no I, okay, I take that. Just don't, just don't play Drakes. Just don't play Drakes, okay, okay. You can't play okay? Steam Vents. Lo- I'm just gonna talk. I'm just gonna talk louder
4: than you. I'm just gonna talk louder than you. Okay.
0: Okay. Um, <laughs> that, was, that was awesome.
4: I mean, any last episode, you
0: said this is the best standard in a while, and, and maybe maybe that helps with Unify. John, what's your take? We had, we had Andy taking the under on 10K, Derek taking the over on 10K, and going to 20K, possibly. What's your take?
5: Some Magic World Cup, right? I didn't know it was, it was this weekend. I didn't know what format it was. I haven't heard anything about it. Take a guess if I'm going over on <laughs> Going
0: a big fat under from John. Yes
5: unified standards seems horrible at least unified modern there's so much so many cards in the card pool and there's so many different archetypes that it's kind of interesting to see what kind of combination that people work out uh, unified standards just like okay there's like five six Bible decks uh throw a dart throw on the dartboard which three you land on done like i don't know i, I don't think it shows cre- off the creativity of the pro players but maybe i'm wrong
3: i think the field is just going to be like 50% or more of like green, black, red, blue, and white.
4: <laughs> yeah, I think remember, that's, the, that's the easiest three decks.
5: Remember like Pro Tour Dominaria? It's
1: red, black, blue, white, and some foil. Uh, that's it. It was like a triangle. It was miserable. I mean, I thought it was interesting.
4: Uh, but like, I mean, I, I guess I'm in the, the smallest percentile of people who find this interesting. Uh, Simply because, like, I think it's interesting because every team has a player on it who has the highest pro points for each country or whatever. So, like, these are some of the best players in the world working with some people who just won their national event. So, for some places, their national events are significantly softer than, like, any North American country, right? Not to down-talk them, but just to be honest. To me like this is this is so cool as a unique magic event that we don't normally get we won't really get in the future we get to cheer on a team that we all have a personal connection to that is has something to do with where we're from and it's it's like not something you normally get at a pro tour like I can cheer for Owen, but I can't really connect to Owen other than I want to be the best player in the world or whatever right you know like this is a very unique tournament it's Maybe uh, like poorly advertised, but I don't think that takes away from how good this tournament can be.
0: Yeah, I I wish they had. Hmm, it'd be so cool, like like those other games, if they had video of each team, like those promo videos or those like player intros, or like Team Canada and I don't know. Maybe they could have done it. Maybe they could have just gave them free. No, oh, let me free flights to the GP before, so they had time to film this stuff. I don't know. I've done something that uh, got us hyped. Like, you know, you probably are attached because your pal Randall's in there. Like, replace Randall with some random. Probably don't give a crap. So... uh,
4: (laughs) I mean, I I think it's a couple years ago, or even, like, every year, one team wears a costume or something, and they give away, like, best dressed team or most national team or whatever. I think that's really cool. I think that's, that's like, that's something I want to see. And if you like with the big blow up of arena, um, you, you have all these casual players flowing in. I think this is a huge opportunity to really promote uh, magic in different countries. Like we keep seeing these uh, Southern American uh magic players crush the magic scene those are the teams you want to watch this year they're, they're they have a huge country support they're a huge national sport for each other and I, that's what i want to see that's what i love to see Man. and i think if they, they blow this like i'm just going to be a little bit more sad about the state of magic
0: well they're canning
4: this thing and this is the most positive i've ever heard you um uh-huh. uh, and, and turn over a new leaf kyt you know uh A couple couple nice things have been happening in the the Magic community. I'm trying to be a bit more positive. You know, New Year's Revolution, come early. I mean, mean, there's a lot of
0: haters. Um, Whether it's iTunes reviews from iTunes or any Canada or US site, but obviously I'm not going to let those affect my judgment of you. You're not supposed to have everyone love you. This is uh, all about having strong opinions john uh what's what's up next for as we wrap up the show let your listeners know our listeners know what's up next for you what big tournament is on the
1: line
5: uh one of my bucket list items is uh I- I've never played in a sealed grand Prix, and as people know uh, Grand Prix Vancouver is coming at the uh end of the month right before new uh new year so thank you wizards but um i'm gonna, I'm, gonna tr- <laughs> I'm gonna try and study uh u m a and uh if I can day two myself uh, myself and uh, play in the draft, since uh, my goal was to day two the uh, pro tour and get an extra uh, free draft in uh, at the pro tour area, but I didn't get it. So hopefully I can get it here. Um, if people are around um, in GP Vancouver and uh, I'll come say hi, I'm love to uh, just chat and just hang out.
0: I wonder how many resources there are because I can't imagine people are just like. Massively grinding UMA drafts. So, so are there resources out there right now for you to look up pick lists? So, I think I, the, the few things, the two resources I like is
5: one limited resource, obviously, is an excellent and well-established podcast uh, with LSB and uh, uh, <laughs> Marshall Mar- Setchuk. Mar- I'm sorry, um, but the resource I like more is uh, <laughs> the resource I like more is the uh, Lords Unlimited. Uh, uh, podcast, which has now been uh, sponsored by SCG. Those guys are grinders of um, Limited. Um, they, they play a bunch of uh, Limited. They are always near the uh, trophy leaders for intermediate queues, and uh, they, they provide really good sites. So if you guys like Limited, if you're starting out and trying to learn Limited, I think Lords of Limited is a very good uh, resource for that.
0: Okay, so definitely check out Limited Resources and Lords of Limited. Uh, anything up for, uh, for you guys, my man. And, and I think my, my, my guys, hopefully my guys, men from Moto are going to do something, so I'll plug them if they're going to do some UMA content. Um, Elliot, I'm probably just resting until, until the Mythic Champs. Are
2: you uh, I'm going to be going to Grand Prix New Jersey at the end of January, but that's, that's not for a while. Uh, and I think Toronto is in between that and the Mythic Champs, so I'm going to hit that as well. So I got a couple... of Magic fests on the horizon, but nothing too soon. <laughs> you know, those, I'm not going to
0: get tired of that. Term. Derek, just, just modal grinding, playing some modern?
4: Uh, yeah, there's, there's always weekend challenges, and I might go to Jersey. I'm definitely going to Cleveland, uh, not for the Mythic Championship, just for the, oh. the Mythic Fest. Um, <laughs> Magic Fest! <laughs> yeah, that's what I said, KYT. I might, I might. Now that I'm playing modern, I might go to more uh, face-to-face opens with the new updated list and more prizing and uh, different branding. So that might be on my horizon. But I, I think that's uh, that's it for me. So catch me on the
1: interwebs. All right, Andy. I'm going
3: to Magic Fest, New Jersey, and probably face-to-face Toronto Open
1: plus. All right. Magic Fest Cleveland. <laughs> Magic Fest Cleveland. Wow. Magic
3: Fest is actually a fine name. All these damn complainers.
4: What? No, it's not. It's copyrighted by that one English magician Twitter. Well,
3: uh, well, I'm sure Watsi will buy him out or kill him.
4: <laughs> no in between. It's one or the other. That's what they're going to do to Twitch chat. They're going to buy out Twitch chat or kill Twitch chat. <laughs>
2: Smurfs uh, not going to make it
4: all, all Thousands of Smurfs aren't going to make it
0: Shout out to everyone In chat, shout out to Jay Rich Well everyone in, on the show That's interacting in chat because You guys are actually making me laugh more Than anyone else um, Shout out to Brian, shout out to, to Marcus Says I will say Multiple people came out to John and Chatted him up and nobody came up to me RIP standard player True I mean, I mean Marcus was the one that was shown on SEG coverage uh, the finals. the whole finals it was on him, but uh, man, sometimes, the god of the graveyard, just just some, some branding, the underground dojo, you know, you don't even stream, and uh, you're getting that attention. Just play wacky decks and say like funky words like "Underground dojo," and, and you're in. <laughs> so for all these guys, Andy Derek. Elliot, John, myself, who, who may or may not play, play more magic after the top eight. Thank you for checking us out. Make sure to like, subscribe to this channel. Make sure to subscribe to the podcast via your podcast app of your choice, any, any podcast. My recommended choice is Pocket Cast on Android. And uh, we will see you next week and uh, hopefully have some, I don't know, maybe some UMA draft experience. So. We'll see you next good week, guys. Thanks.